On July 6, 2022, Regina City Council considered three reports about recreation facilities. One was about a hockey arena to replace the Brand Center. One was about ways to replace or renovate the Lawson Aquatic Facility. While the third was a needs assessment prepared by the baseball community, expressing their desire for the city to build them a high-performance baseball facility. The Arena Planning Committee, the author of the first report, the one about replacing the Brandt Center, they called projects like these catalyst projects, claiming they had the ability to inspire economic development in whatever community they're situated within. In response, Councillor Jason Mancinelli brought forward a motion that proposed striking a catalyst committee that would consider these three catalyst projects together, the Hockey Arena, the Aquatic Center, the Baseball Facility, and it would also consider any other significant recreation or cultural projects that came along, you know, such as a new library central branch building. The goal of the committee would be to develop a long-term plan to locate and finance such catalyst projects such that they can work best to optimize the economic and social benefit they bring to Regina. It was a remarkably well-drafted walk-on motion to appear spontaneously in the middle of an executive committee meeting, and it passed, eight votes to one. Since then, there have been only scattered references and hints dropped about the Catalyst Committee, but little substance about what they were actually up to. Considering a report was expected to come from the committee in late 2022, and considering it's also supposed to be holding public consultations this month, that being October, I contacted the Catalyst Committee co-chair, Councillor Bob Hawkins, and quizzed him about what the Catalyst Committee is supposed to be doing. I wanted to talk to you about the Catalyst Committee today. I've realized that I'm not 100%, like the reason I wanted to talk to you is I'm not 100% clear on the Catalyst Committee's schedule and I feel like I'm uh, kind of flummoxed on when you guys are meeting and stuff like that. But then I'll be honest, I've been like talking to a lot of people around town and frankly, uh, nobody has any idea what the Catalyst Committee is, what Catalyst projects are or what you guys are doing. So I figure we should probably start there. Like, what are you supposed to be doing with this Catalyst Committee? Uh, can I just address uh, the third point first? Sure. Um, there will be a flurry of, uh, I guess in the old days, we would, would have called them press releases. Sure. Today, I expect some out today or tomorrow, which um, gives our schedule and uh, explains what, what we'll do, but uh, what we'll be doing. But I'm going to give you a little more detail. Good. Uh, let me... Let me start with the schedule. Uh, we will meet as a committee uh, uh, this week to map out the details, but very roughly what the schedule is, is that there will be a series of public meetings between October 17th and October 20th, those four days. Each day will be, there'll be two sessions uh, to enable people to attend one from 11 to one over the lunch hour and then one from five to seven over the dinner hour. Uh, we'll gather all of that public input. While all of that is going on, we'll gather input that's already publicly available. Things like there was an arena report a few months back. Um, there was an aquatics report both before council and there are various other documents around. We'll gather all that in. And also during that time, we'll talk to various technical uh, folks, 
folks who are like planners, um, maybe engineers, maybe architects, some development people, people with an interest in uh, uh, the technical skill in, in the revitalization of downtown. So there's the public input part, and then there's sort of the technical uh, part. That'll go on uh, into, uh, I think, early November. Then the committee itself will meet in several meetings to digest all of that work. Uh, ultimately, we'll come up with a set of recommendations. Those recommendations will go to uh, City Council uh, in either December or early January. I'm almost certain it'll be early January because, as you know, uh, mid-December on is really heavy budget time. So uh, we'll go to City Council in early January. Uh, that They will then proceed on the normal council schedule uh, the council will have to consider them. There'll be delegations if they want to come to council um, uh, in the normal way. So that very roughly is a general overview of the schedule. You'll note how compressed it is, and uh, it's almost scary compressed. But let me explain why that is. Um, there are a number of possible granting opportunities, mostly with the federal government at this stage, but there will be other government, uh, oper provincial government opportunities. Um, the timeline on those federal ones as, is near the beginning of March. It takes a huge amount of time to put these, uh, these um, grant applications in. They are really detailed, like micro detailed. And we don't want to, we don't want to miss any of those. So we've got to, we're really being pushed by federal government deadlines to moving this along quickly. That's the schedule that roughly, and your other question was, what is this? And it's a completely valid question. Council had noticed that we were starting to get off, get a number of one-off requests for major above ground infrastructure projects. Um, Part of that was because some of our facilities are at their end of life. So, so Lawson Pool, for example, uh, is very near the end of its life. It was a subject of the a subject that was raised during the last municipal election campaign. The uh, arena is the uh, 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 arena. The Brant Arena is same situation, very near the end of its life. We have a number, I think, seven of local arenas sprinkled throughout town, which are in many senses past the end of their life. Uh, they're costly, very costly to maintain. Um, we have the recreation report. There's two, actually two recreation master plans. I think the most recent one is 2019, um, which basically said our recreation infrastructure was the end of its life. The library has been talking, downtown library has been talking about um, uh, renewal uh, for a decade now. Um, so all of that was starting to come to council as one-offs. And the mayor and councillors said, it's very difficult for the, us to consider these in a serial fashion because they have implications for each project. And um, so we said that very often we seem to do everything without planning. And we need some kind of long-range plan at least for the siting and the phasing and maybe a bit the financing of all of these projects. 
We're now being pushed by the federal government with granting opportunities. Let's go out and put together uh, a planning opportunity. And that was called the Catalyst Committee. And Tim Reed and myself were appointed by council to uh, head it up. In further terms with the Catalyst Committee, it was seen, or all of these uh, above ground infrastructure projects were seen as an opportunity to activate downtown. Uh, I was on Scar Street at eight o'clock uh, the other night. I was the only person on Scar Street. Uh, that was it. Um, and believe me, I'm not that active. So everybody agrees there needs to be some activation downtown that fits with our ideas about intensification downtown, about having people live downtown. They're not gonna live downtown if there's nobody around. Fits with our ideas about increased sense of safety and security downtown, particularly outside of office opportunities. It was, it's seen as an opportunity to, to attract private investment into the downtown uh, generally, but particularly There'll be private interest, perhaps, in investing in some of these infrastructure projects. Um, so activation in downtown was a serious consideration here. Uh, uh, looking for opportunities for private investment to help us with these infrastructure facilities. Mm -hmm. And also, when you think about all of these facilities together, if they're one-off scattered higgly-piggly all over the place, they won't interact very well. But if you can get them in some kind of coherent way downtown, you may have uh, parents drive their kids to a hockey practice at a hockey arena and have another kid go over to the library and do a bit of research. Um, so there's a chance for, um, for these facilities to work together. I'll give you another example. Um, uh, uh, you, may, you may put a library downtown, which activates downtown um, uh, all through the day, particularly uh, an arena downtown, which activates downtown in the evening when maybe the library is a bit slower. So just generally creating activation and, uh, and uh, private sector investment and residential opportunities. So what is this? It is a long range planning exercise for the location of major infrastructure, which is now at its end of life, coherently in the downtown to interest people and investment to come downtown. Um, what is it not? It does not mean in the next year we will be building a half a billion dollars worth of, end of, of a private sector investment downtown. It's a long range plan. I think it's a long range plan for 15 to 20 years actually. And this is the start of the planning exercise. And we're hoping, I think as well, that if we start to plan a little bit more coherently, uh, we'll get a better result. The other thing I want to say about this is that we've noticed that a lot of government, provincial, federal, other funding sources come up pretty quickly with money. Uh, they, they want projects right away, but they want shovel-ready projects. I saw this at the university, actually. And we didn't have shovel-ready projects. This will enable us to get shovel-ready projects. So if uh, an agency gives us three months to make an application, we can pull it off the shelf, basically. So that's the thinking thinking behind all this. I'm sorry, it's a bit of a long answer, but uh, that's where we're at. Okay, that clears things up. Uh, I wanna push back against something that you said. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that one of the things that's kind of driving this uh, compressed deadline that you guys have set for yourself 
are is the federal government and their deadlines for grants. This, in a way, though, is actually like council's own imposed deadline. We had a rec plan in 2019. We had the RRI. We've had the downtown plan. We've had all these master plans that lay out things like the aquatic center. They lay out a branch replacement. Um, so we could have been doing this long-term planning dating back to when the stadium was being considered and the RRI was conceived. Uh, so to say that we're, we're being pushed to move quickly now because, fed, because of federal granting deadlines it seems a little disingenuous when we could have been making these plans and preparing for granting deadlines five, ten years ago when so many of these master plans were forming. So I guess I'm concerned what has happened to all of that. Are we basically saying, like, I, I was there for the RRI consultations. I was there for the downtown plan consultations. Are these things, like, were these things failures? Well, there was certainly a failure in long-range planning. Okay. Um, and I think that the Catalyst Committee is, a rec- is an outcome of that. We, we could have maybe done it better before. We've learned as we've gone along, hopefully, um, and uh, uh, we're getting on with it now. So I don't disagree with anything that you say here. Um, this council has been pretty active in a number of ways. And so maybe it, maybe a number of things are pressing us to be a bit more plan conscious. COVID, we had, you know, that came up unexpectedly. Um uh, uh, there have been a number, as you point out, going back to 1980, in fact, of sort of one-off plans. I don't know that there's anything quite as holistic as this one involving involving the big, big picture at 30,000 feet. But you're right to say, well, look, uh, there are a number of things at 3,000 feet that, you know, why weren't they put together? And I, I, I agree with you. I think council agrees with your observation. I know the mayor is very keen on planning and basically... Uh, uh, we'll we'll push hard now. Now, does that mean that the earlier plans were wasted? No. When I say there's a section here uh, that runs conjointly with the public input, we'll gather all those planning uh, documents together, and we'll um, we'll we'll take advantage of that work that's already been done. But this is the biggest the biggest holistic planning exercise that I think has been done. This is not the first time I've heard those words, though. Biggest holistic plan. Like, that's what we were told about the RRI. That's what we were so told. So does that about mean we do nothing? OCP? No. But um, why should the public trust that the Catalyst Committee is going to be a successful project when uh, something, just as one example, the RRI seems to be something that was a holistic plan to revitalize the downtown with a 20-year planning horizon. And it has basically like seemingly been abandoned. Like the specifics of that plan seem to have been abandoned when council finds a new shiny thing to occupy its attention in the catalyst committee. So why should the why should the public trust you this time when we've seen failures rack up over the years? Uh- I can't guarantee this will be a success. I believe it will be. I wouldn't invest my time. I don't think council would invest its time. Uh, I think 
in some ways, we now have to be more successful. The Lawson is, is going to run out of time. The library is going to run out of time. The arena the brand is going to run out of time. We, we don't have much choice. I think something else as well. I think the demographic of Regina has changed. It's certainly changed dramatically since 2005 when I've arrived. But I think even in the last, oh, certainly the last 10 years, I, I'm, I represent Harbor Landing. I, I see immigrants come in I with new needs, actually. Um, I, I see many more young families, you know, people who are 32 with two kids in a house and they want, they want a swimming pool for their kids and understandably, and they want a, 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 an outdoor soccer facility for their kids. Um, so I think that there's, this is a reflection of a desire by Regina to start to push forward. You know, when I ran my first campaign, Mosaic Stadium was just being approved and people would knock on the door and they'd say, I'd say, in a kind of political way, I'd give a wishy-washy answer about should we build the stadium? I stopped that after about two weeks because every time I knocked on the door, the parent would answer and say, why do we always settle for second best here? Why aren't you supporting it? Yep. And I think that that, you know, at that stage, now 10 years ago, that was the beginning. But I've seen that sentiment increase all the way along. Regina is now the second youngest city in the country. Um, so a, we are much more aware of uh the importance of the indigenous community, their attachment to the land in Regina. That, that, that means that we have to get on with stuff. And this planning opportunity gives us a chance to take, it, to take advantage of all of those things. But I don't disagree with your premise. We've been slow to the table and uh, we got to get on with it. I can't guarantee success, but I'll certainly fight for it. Also, the response has been pretty good. Uh, council itself is very keen on this. And uh, Tim and I, Tim Reed, the other co-chair and I, have been swamped by phone calls, swamped by people either wanting to be on the Catalyst Committee or how they can present to the Catalyst Committee. Or, in fact, five minutes, uh, Paul, before I got on the Zoom call, phoned me up. Somebody phoned me up and said, I'm interested in the possibility of uh, an underwater aquatic uh, uh, stream heating the swimming pool. Hmm. Uh, he didn't want to build it downtown. He wanted to build it uh, in the suburbs. But, you know, that kind of call has been pretty consistently uh, coming since the announcement of this effort. I'm still wondering about this notion of like rebuilding public trust uh, in a project like this. Uh, you've got public meetings going from October 17th to October 20th. Yes. Uh, two day sessions. That's uh, that's not the kind of consultation that has been kind of common for the last like 10, 15 years. Uh, they're usually much there's usually a lot more time for the public to weigh in on stuff like this and to get informed about stuff like this. Um, I don't know that administration would be able to get away with a public consultation this short for a project this gigantic. Like how how. How do you justify this as being an acceptable amount of consultation? First of all, um, there's merit in having consultation in a compact period of time so yeah. that uh, you might not be calling me if this was just another consultation on, I don't know, whether we should ban smoking or ban plastic bags or whatever. Sure. So this is going to focus the attention of the community. Um, secondly, these public consultations are not the end of consultation. Um, there's going to be the normal opportunity be, to be consulted 
uh, through Be Heard Regina. There's going to be surveys. Uh, there's going to be, uh, I think there'll be follow-up consultation. We'll see how the first four days go. Then it goes to council. And there you'll see the normal kind of consultation, normal, the usual kind of consultation where there's weeks of notice, there's uh, delegations come both to executive committee and council. So that I don't view this consultation, the big front end consultation as the end of consultation. I view it as the beginning of consultation. I also think, and sometimes forget people forget this, in some ways counselors are <clears throat> counselors, <clears throat> excuse me, are always in a consultation mode. Again, we all every day have people phoning us and saying, what about this? What about that? We don't like this. We don't like that. Service Regina is a huge avenue of consultation. People phone and say, I object to one thing or an answer. So really, this is kickoff consultation. I understand what you say about it being fast, but I think it'll focus people's attention on this. Many of these projects, though, they've been thinking about for a long time. I want to say one other thing about consultation, wide yep. open, robust. Well, if you got something to say, we're going to listen to it and listen with an open mind. I don't think anybody has made any particular uh, conclusions. You know, everybody's thought one thing or another, but I think we want to hear it all out the table at the same time. What I don't want, what I really don't want, and this will be, if this happens, it'll be a failure of consultation. I don't want someone to arrive at council the day we're considering this and say, well, I didn't know it was happening or I didn't have an opportunity. Uh, I want to make sure people know why I'm doing this interview, why you're covering it. Um, I want them to know. I want them to come forward and uh, tell us what's on their mind. If they want to make written submissions, they can do that. It's a, it's a more wide open consultation, uh, less structured, I think, than often we have. I think it's probably a good thing that the administration is not doing it. Um, they do, they're experts in consultation. They'll certainly help us uh, set up the consultation. But um, I think the fact that this committee is doing it is signaling that we want a very special kind of consultation. How much uh, is staff involved in the activities of the committee? There's certainly a value resource. You know, there's, we've got to consider things like land, land assembly. Well, we'll be talking to the uh, planning department about what's possible. Staff will be involved, as I mentioned, in helping us with the consultation. Um, there will be a staff member or two as observers to, uh, to the work of the committee. Um, uh, so, so they'll be involved, but they'll be involved in a kind of a technical kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. The membership of the committee is not, as I say, I think there'll be a couple of staff members there as observers and resource people, but the actual decision makers are, 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 are ordinary folks who have an interest in downtown, have deep civic involvement. Um, so the staff, it won't be the, it won't be like the staff at council where the staff writes a briefing note, makes a recommendation to council and council debates the staff recommendation. This is a different, different avenue that gets the committee. Uh, of non-staff people that will make the recommendation to elected people on the executive committee and council. Are you concerned at all about the credibility of this consultation? Uh, one of the things that I've seen uh, happen at council here is with uh, older consultation processes like with the OCP uh, or the um, or even like more recent things like the uh, sustainability framework. Uh, 
when these things come to council and they start making like demands on council for coming through with money, we start to hear um, concerns that nobody knows that these things are happening. How can we like invest this much money in X if nobody knows this is going on? The consultation was insufficient. And like having seen how these consultations go, I know how difficult it is. I've seen how difficult it is to uh, get information out, to disseminate information about what's going on at City Hall widely. Like people really just have, I've been trying for 15 years to get people excited about City Hall and it's incredibly difficult. People really just don't pay attention. Um, How are you going to bridge that gap and how are you going to like make sure that people believe in this consultation for the next 20 years and it just doesn't get like discarded as, oh, I, I wasn't there, so it didn't really happen? Well, the first thing to say is I think they'll get interest in the consultation because we're going to be talking about things that are vitally interest to them. Uh, you, you know, uh, we're talking about arenas and libraries and pools. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that's one thing to say. Another thing to say is, and this is something I personally think, um, I worry that when these kinds of things come up, we end up turning around the guns and shooting them at ourselves. So the people who want arenas aren't interested in libraries. And the people who are interested in the libraries aren't interested in the jocks. And, you know, if I'm interested in culture, I argue every, I argue, well, why should anybody have a baseball diamond? And if people want a baseball diamond, say, we don't care about the symphony or the globe. And we just, we just uh, fight ourselves to a standstill. That's what I worry about. So as I thought about this before I agreed to take this on, uh, and Tim agrees with me on this, there, it's vitally important for everybody to understand that there's something in this for everybody. Um, so whether you're a geek or a jock, or whether you're an environmentalist, um, uh, whether you like books or whether you like walking paths, all of these things are gonna be discussed. We're gonna look at how they should be cited so that they work together, so there's some synergy together. We're going to talk about phasing and what order things should be done. And that may be largely driven by by the granting opportunities available because we won't be able to pay for all of this ourselves municipally. Uh, And uh, and we're going to talk about um, uh, 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 timing, phasing, siting, those kinds of those things. And when I come and say, oh, well, um, I want, I'm a geek, so I'm going to say a library. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else. I think the point is going to be, well, Citizen Hawkins, you may want a library. In order to get a library, we've got a plan. And we want you to be interested in the whole plan and think about the whole plan. And if anybody sort of says, well, this, not that, we're going to say, well, you got to think about it all together because it's a package. So my message is really there's a package here that there'll be something of interest to everyone. Paul, you may say, well, Hawkins, you're 110 years old. Why do you care about any of it? The answer is, what if one day I'm fortunate enough to have grandchildren? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm interested in it for three generations younger than me. Um, What if I'm uh, a 17-year-old and worried about my next job? Well, you know, if you want to have good jobs in Regina, you've got to create an atmosphere where investors will come and, and, and uh, uh, build the kind of civic infrastructure that we're talking about here. 
What if I'm interested in housing and variety of housing? Well, if we can situate these projects well, they'll be of appeal to, uh, to people who are, don't have as much available to them. There'll be a, a, a appeal to immigrants, to the indigenous community. So this is really a plan that says, let's all work together and get something for everybody. That's why I think, you know, that's why I think there's a chance here. Um, like I say, I can't guarantee anything, but I, well, one thing I can guarantee, if we don't do anything, Regina is gonna look like Detroit looked 20 years ago. And that's what none of us, I think, really wanna see. The ambition for this Catalyst Committee is huge. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it has, a, the, the focus is very specific to, uh, I'm just going to call them mega projects for lack of a better, better term, mm -hmm. but uh, you've been calling, I think you've been calling them surface projects. Um, is, is there any concern about, you know, once you have a hammer that you're going to see every problem as a nail? Uh, from what I've read, uh, to activate a downtown, something that is active 365 days a year is far more effective at making a place lively than say an arena that can, you know, because of scheduling issues, uh, can only be busy for say 200 a year. I'm just, again, just pulling numbers out of my butt. Yep. Um, like things like grocery stores, housing, shopping, um, uh, transit, like we know from like urban planning that these things do much more to activate a downtown than something that like an arena that, you know, you have a, you have a good chance of like creating dead spaces from arenas because of like, you know, where is the loading dock going to be? Where is your surface parking going to go? Um, how, how, like we had through the RRI, we had promises for things like housing. We had promises for things like uh, we are going to like, you know, investigate ways to encourage a grocery store going into the core. Uh, this Catalyst Committee's ambition almost seems to be limited from looking at those other urban planning uh, concerns and seems to just like once again be leaving this up to, well, private development will follow from our ambition. What happens if, say, the community and the experts say, well, maybe these things just, all of these Catalyst projects are maybe not what you should be focusing your attention on at all. Like, instead of like, where do we cite these things? Just don't do these things. Fair enough. And yeah. if that's what they say, that's what they come and say, we're going to have to sit, consider that very seriously. But that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing people say things like, well, if you put, let me pull something in the air. If you put a swimming pool in the yards, which you're absolutely right, it's, there's a little bit of stuff going on. Um, if you put a swimming pool in the yards and you're going to find that um, there is going to be a rejuvenation of housing in North Central because it's the kind of facility that people want and developers will come, they'll build houses. Then we'll get a, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing, but we'll get a grocery store. Uh, we'll create employment in the area. We'll young, young people will want to live in the area. If you, I'm told that if you looked at the cathedral area um, 40 years ago, or even earlier, that it was seen as a very undesirable area, kind of a dead area. I believe if I had, if I had $10 million to invest, I'd buy up land in North Central mm -hmm. because that's where people are gonna live when they wanna walk to work they're gonna to wanna to see activation through facilities or in that area. 
I mean, I look at what I, what Real has done for even a, a, a seasonal or temporary employment in the area. They, Real employs a huge number of people who live in the area. Um, you got to start somewhere. And I think this is a place to start. Now, part of the answer, though, to your question, again, very legitimate question is, Dudney Avenue is being rejuvenated. There is a plan, uh, federal money uh, has to be done by 2028. Uh, they've laid it out. Um, it's gonna be much more pedestrian friendly, much more. Um, it's gonna take advantage of the opportunity that the commercial warehouse, uh, commercial activity in the air warehouse area goes. Um, so you're gonna have a rejuvenated, um, a rejuvenated, um, uh, area there. We're trying to do something about SAS Drive. Money is going to be spent. It's a terrible uh, area now. There's a, a focused effort to connect it with the Riel area. Um, that's an opportunity. Um, 11th Avenue and the bus chaos on 11th Avenue, something is happening there. So it's not just the location of these bigger infrastructure projects that uh, is going to do it. There's other things going on. And um, I hope they work to help each other. I mean, that's where the synergy is. There's one project that's not much talked about that will be talked about though with these things. We have a series of walking paths that might nicely encompass the downtown. Uh, we've noticed looking at other cities that, uh, I'm thinking of the Riverwalk in Calgary, for example, uh, downtown uh, Winnipeg now at the Forks, uh, we noticed that those kinds of very public accessible infrastructure projects seem to tie everything together. We can do that in Regina without too much trouble. We do need to link up various parts. When we're done this, uh, we're going to consider rec recommending that walking path right around right around the whole of the, that defines the downtown area, really. And, you know, frankly, that's, a, that's something everybody can do, young, old, that's not that expensive, properly lit, um, you know, so, so the, this is a kind of multi-layered thing, but it's not just five big buildings. Uh, you're right to say, well, you can build a barina and it's gonna be dark, you know, 150 nights a year. That's why you don't just build an arena, why you also have a plan for a library, which is never dark. Um, Parking in the downtown area, it's always an issue. But the one thing I can tell you is there's lots and lots of parking in downtown Regina. That's not, that's not the problem. That's, well, it is the problem, but we got it. We don't have to face that thing. There's one other thing we notice as well. Uh, I've lived in some pretty big cities. Uh, I, can, I can tell you that if you live in Toronto and want to go to see a ball game in downtown Toronto, you're going to be driving for 45 minutes and paying 40 bucks for parking. Mm -hmm. None of that exists in Regina. I mean, Regina, boy, you know, 15 minute drive is a picture from one end of the city to the other. So we've got some opportunities here as well as some handicaps. And I want to take advantage of those opportunities. Side note on Cathedral, uh, the story that was told to me by a former uh, uh, director of development for the city it was that the reason cathedral is the way that it is now is that in the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of federal money that allowed like Regina housing to sprinkle social housing throughout the cathedral area to uh, the density of cathedral was, was dropping precipitously because it was all single family homes 
put in a bunch of apartment buildings and a community center. These these things kind of have increased the population to like support the shopping that was already here. The community center has built like a social life, a uh, uh, you know, events and uh, reasons to live here. It wasn't an arena, right? Like it wasn't our proximity to Mosaic Stadium that makes Cathedral the neighborhood that it is. It was social housing. It was all these other priorities that, that council has. So which comes first? Uh, what, what reason would people have to live uh, in North Central? Unless we were investing in it, investing in the kind of things you talk about, connectivity, uh, bus transport, all transport, all the rest of it. Uh, if there wasn't reasons to come downtown, so you pick an arena, for example. Well, what if the arena had around it little cafes, uh, glass, so that you could see inside what was going on, like they have uh, for the, the baseball facility in, in Edmonton. Um, there's ways to tie these things are not necessarily just great big blocks of concrete. There are ways to integrate them into the community. You look at the libraries that have been built around this country from Halifax, Edmonton, uh, Calgary. Uh, There's just a half a dozen new libraries and they're not like closed off buildings. They're buildings that reach out into the community both architecturally and because they offer different kind of programming when you and I were kids, you're going out there to get a book. Uh, now people go there to record podcasts. They go there to do 3D printing. They, as immigrants, go there to take advantage of language uh, language learning opportunities. Libraries are places where people who don't have so much, often very poor people, congregate, and they're open all day long, and they're welcoming, and they have washrooms and all the rest of it. So these facilities don't have to be worlds under themselves. In fact, properly designed, they'll reach out into communities and create communities around them. But this is exactly, uh, Paul, the kind of argument, argument, the kind of discussion that needs to happen in the next few months. Um, uh, I think we're looking at new design opportunities. I think we are looking at urban planning now that is maybe much more like what you described in Cathedral 40 years ago. Hope so. When you're talking to experts on this sort of stuff, how how widely are you casting your net looking for people to speak on this? We want any expert that she or he thinks has something to contribute. Come, come. Uh, I At City Hall, we see often the same faces on delegations. And it's great that they take an interest. In fact, I admire their energy as volunteer interested urban citizens coming forward. We want to see them, but we want to see people who never come forward. And indeed, we don't just want to see local people. We're prepared to go out to outside people in Canada, maybe the United States, maybe uh, Britain, maybe, maybe anywhere, because we can do Zoom if we have to. Mm-hmm. And we want to go out and reach out for that kind of expertise. Personally, I think the architectural and engineering expertise is critical in all of this. For example, you mentioned that some people have been interested in using an aqueduct. Well, that, that involves some pretty specialized expertise. We want to go find it. We also want to use the expertise that's available at the University of Regina and our other post-secondary institutions. 
I know people there have ideas and I think they're willing to share them and I want them to share them and I think they'll be important. So we'll go where we have to go to get knowledge and ideas. And I hope some of the things the Catalyst Committee says, you may say, well, you know, thank heaven they're saying that here now, but maybe there'll be some things you say, well, I hadn't thought of that. That really is worth some consideration. I also believe that housing and a variety of housing is critical. I mean, it just, our downtown is failing because nobody lives there. Mm -hmm. And when we put all this together, I think we want to have some ideas about how uh, we can encourage people to live downtown. And I hope some of the developer, developers come to us and say, well, build this facility here. I'm just going to pick on the yards, build it here. And if you do that, I'm prepared in the next five years to build, I don't know, 300 units of housing or something. That, that I think is a real opportunity because what the developers are now saying is, we don't know what's going to happen in the yards. We don't know whether the infrastructure is going to be there. Why would we take it? We don't know what transport is going to look, public transportation is going to look like. Why would we spend five cents of our money given there's all this uncertainty? We want to say, here's a plan. We're not saying the plan's perfect and we're not saying it'll last forever. It'll probably be updated from time to time, but it is a plan. And uh, we want to be able to say to them, there's real buy-in from the city and council and city administration into this plan. I think that will bring them forward with their dollars, which will help build a, a community, particularly in North Central. I just think North Central is a golden opportunity for this city. And, you know, the citizens in North Central, they're, they're active, they're concerned. They know what the problems are. They're volunteers. They help each other. They're wonderful people. I think this will be very exciting for them. And I think we can help them by helping them with the infrastructure that they need to create a vibrant community. I think one of the things that I have heard from people in North Central that they that they want slash need is uh, is just better housing stock and more absolutely housing, right like uh, affordable housing stock that's actually like comfortable and nice to live in. Yep, housing wellness these are these are like top priorities. These are like number one priorities for this council. But you also have the Catalyst Committee. You also have the sustainability and energy framework. Um, you have the transit master plan. This council has an awful lot of number one priorities right now at the top of its list. Uh, having seen what happened with the stadium, where the stadium was supposed to be one was supposed to be one part of a three-part process, and how the stadium ate up all of the administrative oxygen, all of council's oxygen for getting anything done. Is there a concern or are you concerned that the, the catalyst projects themselves will, be, will end up being a distraction and make it difficult to, to achieve all these other priorities that you have? I'd be, I'd be more concerned. I really like this council for all the priority reasons you've given. And I'd be much more concerned if I was on a council with no priorities. Sure. Yeah. So... Let me, let me start with that. I also know that we're not going to do it all at once. I mean, we're coming into a difficult economic period, maybe a couple of years even. We're not going to do it all at once. But I think we have to be ready to do things as opportunities come up. And um, we see opportunities on the horizon here, both, well, we can come to financing in a minute if you like, but, but we think there's opportunities there. And 
we simply have to be ready to take advantage of them. You may you list the priorities the council has correctly. Community safety and well-being. We could talk for quite a while on what we've done. Like we we have done stuff, and particularly in that in that category, the mayor has done a terrific job of getting all kinds of agencies, provincial agencies, municipal agencies, uh, 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 non-government agencies together at a table to coordinate their activities, uh, to, to, to get information and data all in one place so we know what we're doing. Um, on, on Regina 2050, on the environmental stuff, uh, we have a plan. I mean, we, we don't just have a statement, a mission statement about Regina 2050. Uh, we produced uh, a working document about how we're going to get there. And again, we, we may not get it all done, but we're going to have electric buses entirely by 2030. And I wouldn't have bet on that three years ago. So I, we, can, we, you know, we can chew gum and walk here at the same time. Uh, I believe in the council's uh, its priorities. I can name them. I could never do that before. There's not just one. I agree with you that the yards and the railway lands are off to we're off to a rocky start. I agree with you that we haven't seen the kind of mixed housing development, uh, particularly in the north part of the yards, that I would have liked to have seen. But we're still working at it, and we're not going to stop working at it. And I think that's what gives me hope. If we just if we just said, oh well, you know, it failed, and we didn't have enough money, and we do nothing for 15 years. This is not a council that does nothing. The other thing I want to say to you is why you've asked several times, why should people trust us? Mm -hmm. There's an election in two years. If they don't trust me, they're going to send me back. Uh, and I think a council senses that people want Regina to be a better community. Want We don't want to be the caboose on the train. We want to be the engine of the train. We want people to look outside the city to look at us and say, you know, what's going on in Regina? They're up to something. Or we want them to look at us and say, you know, heavens, heavens they built a, uh, they, they, they joined a outdoor soccer field to a baseball stadium so they could have one set of locker rooms. That's a good idea. So I'd rather, we'll know our success if, people outside the city start to look at us. So that's why people should trust us because we're trying hard. We're going to do our job in a transparent way. We're going to be financially responsible about how we go about it and phase it. And we're going to face the electorate. And that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate uh, moment of truth, if you like. That's when we find out whether people do trust us. If they don't trust us, they can put some other crew that they do trust in. Democracy, I guess. Um. One of my reasons for still feeling a great deal of caution is that many of the, most of the things that you have listed off as things that this council has done are still just plans or gathering data or getting people together. Like the, the thing there for two think, years, under two years, the thing that I can think of that is, you know, the most advanced is the rapid housing initiative on broad street. And that, you know, we still don't even like, mm. do we have shovels in the ground now? Like, is it actually being built? It's a little behind, but it's actually being built. I mean, I, I think that's the answer. You know, the community wellness uh, committee, that's on the ground. Mike O'Donnell's chairing it. Um, it's happening. Um, electric buses, they're happening. The city has got its first electric, electric truck, buses, if right? you believe it recently. So right. stuff is happening. 
if what you're telling me is it takes a long time for municipal governments to do anything, oh man, you're right. Yeah, but I'm the federal and provincial government though. I'm worried I'm going to be dead before all the awesome stuff you guys are talking about happens. You think you've got a problem. (laughs) As I told you, I have a birthday tomorrow and I don't know whether I should celebrate or cry. But, you know, I, uh, you got to start somewhere. And I look at the young people, the the people in Regina, the young talent, uh, you know, um, they're not going to be dead at all. They're going to be using these facilities and they know it. And um, uh, uh, we're we're convinced they'll come forward to the Catalyst Committee. The Catalyst Committee has some young people on it. Just because you and I are going to shuffle off the stage doesn't mean (laughs) the, the curtain's going to come down on the whole show. Good. A couple of the things that you've mentioned uh, over the course of this, uh, you mentioned uh, an aquatics facility in the yards, uh, walking path around the city, um, arena downtown, I'm just assuming is there. These were all things that were proposed by the arena planning committee. So the, the walking path, the pool on the yards, this, this all came from that committee. Uh, is the siting of these things predetermined or do you, do no. you guys, are you guys like, are you biased towards the arena planning committee's recommendations? Nope. Nope. We'll listen to anything. Um, uh, I know that the library board feels very strongly about citing the library where it is now. They've been very clear about that. There are other voices on that. We're going to hear all the voices and uh, we're going to do our best. We will make a recommendation. I mean, there will be recommendations, but they're just recommendations. Um, council may decide that they don't like those recommendations or they like some and don't like others or, you know, they may raise other considerations. So no, I don't think there's any bias in this all, except there's a real bias to see if we can't activate downtown, get private sector money involved, um, investment involved, get a place that will attract desire for housing to be built. Um, uh, We're worried very much about intensification. Um, so there's a bias in that sense, in the big sense. But where any specific project goes or when it goes fast, nope, want to hear from you. Um, nobody's got all the right answers. We know that the arena, there was an arena committee that did make a specific recommendation. Um, we'll look at the quality of their work. We'll consider it in the context of other projects that might or might not be built and would interact with an arena. I don't know what the outcome will be, though. It's, you know, it's a really good question. It's a good question for me because I'm a lawyer. And I look at the work judges do. One of the things that you always ask yourself when you're making decisions at that level, is how can I keep my mind open? You know, we all bring a certain amount of baggage with us, but how can I keep my mind open? And the answer is, if you strive to keep it open, that's as best you can do. Um, So it's the striving, it's the attitude more than a litmus test that says, yeah, Hawkins's mind is green, therefore it's open, Hawkins's mind is red, therefore it's cool. It's not that easy. And it's not any one purpose. You know, a person might have one bias, a a slant, if you want. Uh, The person sitting beside them will have a different slant. I think there's about 14 people on the Catalyst Committee. That's a lot of different biases or slants to take into account. Hopefully they'll be able to give and take and get to something that makes sense. 
You've mentioned the uh, library board, their commitment to where they want to see the library. Uh, mm -hmm. The at that ex was it executive? I think it was executive committee meeting where they presented their uh, the RPL board chair seemed completely in the dark about what the catalyst committee was. Uh, what why isn't the board more tuned into what's going on? Well, he did seem completely in the dark. Uh, there had been, there's no reason he should have been completely in the dark. The information was readily available that he was asking for. However, however, uh, Mr. Reed and I took the opportunity to meet with the library board very specifically to answer uh, their questions. And uh, they made a very specific commitment to participate and to present their points of view. At that meeting, there were other voices, not on the board, but as delegations. And those delegations understood full well that, you know, they were welcome, urged to participate uh, on the Tuesday, October 18th, I think it is, that, that the library was going to be considered. So I don't think there should have been any confusion about information. But, uh, you know, if that meant that we had to do an extra trip and make it clear all over again, that's our job and we did it. So they'll be fully engaged. Also, you'll recall from that meeting, and I remember it pretty well because I was pretty vocal. This was mm -hmm. really before this got going and some of it got going. Uh, there was an issue about how transparent they were being with the information they collected. And the executive yeah. committee made it clear in no uncertain terms that all of that information was to be available to the public. They have now posted it in the library. Uh, you can go get it. Uh, there's all kinds of it. There's about 600 pages of it, actually. Uh, what do I think personally? I wish it had been out in the public long ago, but the council did its job and it's now available. Cool. Good. I haven't actually looked at that yet. That's great. You got to block off some time to go through it. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a five minute, half hour kind of exercise. There and there's an amazing amount of work that's been done there. And that's just the kind of stuff, not just for the library, but for the arena. And the baseball people have a study um, that they presented a bit. They'll have fleshed it out a bit more. We want to see all of that, all of that stuff. How long has the Catalyst Committee been in the works? Because it was created through a walk-on motion in July. Mm -hmm. The RPL board chair indicated that they had been briefed in June about it and i wasn't sure if he was confused or if like was was this being discussed before that july meeting well the first recollection that i have of it was the july meeting now it may have been that there you know a little bit of discussion about how we plan i think the discussion earlier than that was people keep coming at us with arena plans and baseball plans and uh, you know one thing or another and the library is going to come and bring something so somewhere in the uh july period somebody i think the mayor probably said we can't deal with these one at a time on council we we need we need to, to organize a planning activity here and my recollection paul was early july too um that it became more apparent to me that there was going to be proper planning. And then July, I remember we had to put together the committee. That took longer than we wanted because, uh, because of uh, uh, holidays and, you know, where we were at with COVID and contacting people who were 
you know, saying, what on earth are you talking about and explaining? So that process took quite a while. And then uh, we had a committee identified somewhere in September. Okay. And uh, as I say, the committee will meet for the first time as a committee um, to, uh, this afternoon, actually. Um, nope. So your timeline is roughly the one that I remember. If people heard little talk earlier, wasn't something that I was much conscious of. And, uh, you know, so about about early July, it became obvious to me that we were going to do something serious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we're, I, I think this is everything. Thanks a lot for doing this. Well, thank you. I mean, it helps me clarify my my thoughts. Um, many of the questions are questions that I've wondered about. Um, uh, uh, I understand the obstacles here. I understand the questions you've raised, particularly about the need not just for big shiny baubles on the Christmas tree, but to have a Christmas tree where there's housing and transport. I think that those are critical questions to ask. Um, I know that I don't think we're going to get the shining, the shining hill in the center of Regina, but I think we're going to do much, much better. And I'm going to be, uh, uh, I'm pleased that recreation facilities, cultural facilities, library facilities are going to be treated seriously because in a way we now have to do, as you indicated, we waited too long and now we have to do it. I worry a bit about financing. I think phasing will largely be driven by financing, but I'm very confident that the federal government has money to spend um, on, on things like green um, infrastructure. And this is something we haven't talked about, but I think all of these facilities will be green. I think they'll be accessible to the highest quality on both factors. I think they'll be invited, inviting for indigenous people welcoming kind of place and for immigrants. I think that those, you know, we have the advantage now because we've taken a long time of understanding a little bit better of how we can shape these things to meet the needs of all of our people, all of our diverse people. That's an advantage too. I think maybe quite a lot of this will be, will happen before you and I are underground. Okay. Well, I wouldn't do it. Good. That would be nice. <laughs> Thank awesome. you very much. I should also say that to you and your colleagues in the media, if you want to phone us, if you've got questions, if we're not being clear, and there'll be things in which we have trouble explaining, uh, we're at your disposal. Um, I, I know that my October, November, December are all booked, you know, so we'll, we're at your disposal. This is important stuff. Will there be a press event uh, after Thanksgiving? I raised that very question the other day. I said, where's the, where's the, as I'm assuming you won't be doing And they said, well, coming this afternoon or tomorrow. Right. Will there be a press event after Thanksgiving? Uh, I think the answer to that question is yes. But the assurance I can give you is there's not some kind of press event. We should do it. But here's the critical thing. And this is, uh, I meant to mention this earlier, the press, all of it, are invited, encouraged to come to every every uh, public event, uh, th all of the 17th to the 20th. 
And, you know, I'm looking forward to that a bit. Uh, we've had a lot of bad news in the press lately. Uh, talk of the city budgets, often yeah. difficult. I hope this creates a bit of excitement in the press and therefore the community, a bit of hope uh, in times that, you know, are, have serious issues as well. So I hope, I hope so. And if you don't think we're having enough press communication, uh, if you, you get in touch with me, I'll scream and yell to get through all what you need. Same awesome. with Tim. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. I've taken up a whole hour of your morning. I appreciate oh, taking this time. As Councillor Hawkins pointed out, the Catalyst Committee will be holding public consultations on the Catalyst projects between October 17th and October 20th. Their recommendations will most likely be released in January, though there's a possibility we'll get something from them in December. My thanks to Councillor Bob Hawkins for taking an hour out of his day to talk with me. As information emerges from the Catalyst Committee, we'll continue to cover it on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. You can listen to us on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina's community radio station. We're on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Mondays at 3 p.m. Or you can download or subscribe to our podcast on our website, queencityib.com. Keep on improving, Regina. Regina.